Hi, Charlotte. How are you today? I'm good, Bill. How are you doing? I'm good. Today, I wanted to talk about the process of getting going from quote all the way to contract. So when somebody calls, what are the first things that happens? And then from the time you know they get the contract and they, the, the construction begins, what are those moments or things that get done in that phase? And what do you do and what do they do? So let's just imagine I've emailed you and said, hey, I'd like to get a quote. What is your next step? When I receive the emails, either directly to me or through our website, my first goal is to reconnect with the inquirer within 24 hours, business hours that is, and try to set up an initial meeting. Given the life that the world has been living in the last year or so, I'm trying to do it either by phone or by Zoom. And basically to discuss three things, scope of work, timeline, and budget. And just have an honest conversation at that point and decide whether or not, based on that conversation, if it's worth going out to get further detail to then provide them with a, a more detailed quote at that time. So once once you've made the, the initial contact, you're going to get the information in your scheduling a visit. What happens during the first client visit? Essentially, we, we revisit the first conversation we had to make sure that we're on the same page in terms of scope of work. It allows me to take pictures of the existing space. They get to, clients get to sort of describe sort of the functional scope of work, but also the aesthetics and the, the finished product, what the, what the finished product they have in mind looks like. I mean, sometimes that alters what needs to be done functionally speaking, at the very least. And as a result, I get to take those pictures, have further conversations. From my end, obviously getting exact dimensions of the space is a, a huge part of providing the most accurate quote I can at that time. So it's revisiting the first conversation again and making sure that they've had the opportunity to sit with that conversation and perhaps add things that they may have forgotten during the initial conversation. Now, in the initial conversation, you're having you're having discussions about budget and scope of work, et cetera. And then in the second conversation, when you meet them, is there the added benefit of now finding out if you're compatible as a company and a client in the sense like now they're getting to see you physically, talk to you, go over things, and you can get a sense of them as well? Is there a benefit to that? I think like anyone might attest to – there is subtext in conversations that aren't face-to-face. -face. You can read into things that may not actually be there. To your point, being on-site and meeting with people face-to-face, -face, it does give you that extra little bit of information. Do we jive? You know, is it a good match? Can you see this relationship going forward, both from the contractor's perspective, but also the client's perspective? So yes, I think there's an absolute benefit to, to going in person after the initial conversation has been had. And how big of an impact has being able to have Zoom conversations been over the lockdown? And is that something you're going to continue to involve in your projects? Or are clients kind of saying, I'm sick of Zoom. I don't want to do any more. I need humans. Please, you know, <laughs> please, come see me. Please come see me. I, I think the addition of Zoom being an option that we're providing is a sort of a very recent addition to the services. More often than not, it's either yes, no problem via Zoom, or actually I'd prefer to call 
over the phone. Not one person has stipulated I'm sick and tired of Zoom, although I'm sure very possibly that they are. And I think that it can become a very useful tool, especially if you can't be on site. And I think for my quoting process, I, I want to have it remain as part of an initial contact. Yeah, I, I think it adds a little bit in terms of the face-to-face. Now you can have some context because sometimes those first conversations can be kind of pointed where you're saying, have you thought about budget? And sometimes I think without the subtext, right, you actually get to see their face and how they're asking the question and like their their mood. And I think that can soften the conversation a little bit because it is an awkward thing to ask because you feel very vulnerable saying, oh, well, why do you want to know my budget? I mean, even for me, if I go shopping for a car and they're like, what's your budget? I'm like, hey, whoa, it's personal. Don't ask me that. I'm not willing to tell you that. When I should be, you know, based on my own experience, I should be telling them, hey, this is what I'm willing to spend and this is what I'm looking yeah. for. Yeah. Is that reasonable? You know? And and I think uh, to your point, it can be an uncomfortable mm-hmm. conversation, but ultimately one that needs to be had, especially early on, because as much as we want to deliver the desired project to the individuals, we have to be transparent about costs current costs and especially given the development and the increase in costs and supply chain issues that have crept up over the last sort of 12 to 16 months we don't ever want to blindside our current or potential clients because of not having the foresight of having that conversation early on rather than at the latest possible date you don't want to disappoint anybody and they should be prepared as well and not be surprised down the road yeah you don't want you don't want to delay giving them the sticker shock when all it is is, you know working through the numbers i think the benefit of talking to a contractor i think one of the things i would advocate for people to do is a is this type of project you do a lot of because then Hmm. that reinforces your expertise so if it is something you've done a lot of then the numbers you're going to give are going to be very representative because you're continually quoting that same type of project be it a bathroom or an addition or a main floor renovation, I think that confidence of expertise really shines through. And I, I, I would think that's a question that somehow we should advocate clients asking in, in any yeah, scenario. I, I, I think as a, a, a well-educated consumer, mm-hmm. and not to say that I am one necessarily in my personal life for a variety of things or all of the things, But as a well-educated consumer, I think that that's probably a really good question to have at the ready so that you can discuss it because ultimately you're going to be trusting these people, these people being us, to complete quality work on budget, on time as best as possible. You know, these are obviously they're always unforeseen, but I think that's a really good initial question to have for any contractor that you speak with. So moving on to the next thing, after you've had your site visit and conferred with them and you got all the details and your measures, what is the following step in, and this is clearly the bigger chunk, you know, having done this, I know this is the bigger chunk of the work. Your initial visit is going to be, you know, your travel time, an hour or two, I would assume your quotes last about an hour or two, correct? Yeah, I spend drive time and, and quoting time. It's in and around the one and a half hour mark. So yeah, an hour to two hours. And so once you've collected all that, what do you tell them at the end of that meeting? 
about the next steps and what are those next steps? So more often than not, the, the last question that they have for me is when can I expect a quote? And from my perspective, given the current climate, we're looking still in and around a two-week mark. And the reason for that is it's not just going back to the office and punching in the data that I've collected. Every project is unique, has its individual requirements, and as such, there might be moving more moving parts in one, but every moving part generally includes a trade, and as such, another individual involved in the process. So when I get back to the office, it's digitizing the notes that I took on site, making up a quote form that is in a format that I can send to various trades all at once. And if they have further questions, they just give me a call back and we discuss the existing conditions that I saw on site. Now, these conversations can last anywhere between five minutes and 30 minutes, depending on which trade I'm speaking with. Every project probably has five to ten trades associated to it. Uh, So there are a reasonable amount of people involved in putting those numbers together. Right, and you you have to include a little bit of telephone tag, right? When you call them... yeah. Email, telephone, exactly. They aren't always going to be there to answer. So over a few days, you know, you're collecting all this information because they need to be sitting at their desk to work on this. Absolutely. And so if I haven't heard from someone in a few days, I just have a follow-up phone call or follow-up email just asking where you're at, trying to push them along if possible to be able to get me those numbers so that it can be then sent over to the client. The process then revolves is twofold using our project management software as well as an Excel spreadsheet and the data in both represent the same tasks and phases of the project The budget guidelines, we call them, are what are provided to the client initially and indicate a ballpark of the costs associated to their project. And those numbers get formalized when it's agreed that they want to move forward with the project and a contract is signed with very exact numbers at that time. The entire process can take anywhere, given the scope of work, anywhere between four hours to possibly... 10 or 12 hours of my time to create one budget guideline that can be sent along to a client. Right. And the budget guideline is really to finalize their comfort level at that price point and say, hey, we are going to go ahead and create a finalized quote and send you a contract if you're okay with this price range and and normalize those numbers. Because I know the trades often or, or on occasion will then, to give you an exact number, they will then need to visit the site, correct? Yeah, I feel like everybody's trying to minimize that so as to minimize contact during COVID time and doing their best to represent numbers accurately from a distance. But on occasion, yes, those numbers need to be verified by on-site visits by various trades, be it drywall contractors or plumbing contractors. And that is just decided on a job-to-job basis. Okay. So you've supplied them with the budget and now we're sending them a finalized quote. What are the steps should they wish to proceed? So they get the quote and they say, hey, I want to go ahead. What's next? So they've received the budget guidelines and they want to go ahead. They notify me to that fact. And on my end, next steps are uh, ensuring that the numbers 
are exact at this point. It's no longer a ballpark, so I just recommunicate with my trades. If it's also based after a site visit, I'll then receive those exact numbers from those trades. And I create a proposal through our project management software. The advantage of this one in particular is it allows for digital signature. So the individual wanting to proceed with the project will receive it online and it is essentially a click of a button, allowing them to accept the proposal that I've created. And then there's the Further to that, there's the, the beginning of an invoicing process and the deposit required to secure their space in our schedule. In terms of now we've signed the contract, we have set a start date. From that point, what happens? What are you, you know, I'm assuming you're in continual contact with the client at the lead up. What are you going to be discussing? What are you going to be finalizing in those times? prior to boots on the ground, things getting demoed or whatever it is? It's obviously uh, on a job-to-job basis what's required from the the owner's perspective. There are a lot of aesthetic choices in terms of renovations, and as a result, that can be reflected through flooring or plumbing fixture choices. The larger rough-in sort of plumbing fixtures have been taken care of, but say they choose not to use the faucet we budgeted for. I need to know those details, you know, which make and model have you chosen? Which paint color have you chosen? Have you had the opportunity to go to a, a showroom to look at flooring? Getting those details and that specific information is more often than not required in order to properly schedule the trades. An example being... If it ends up that the plumbing's a little more complicated because you chose something slightly different than what we had envisioned, then the rough in time may have been impacted. And as such, the trades need more time. And this is potentially an issue with the schedule. It gets fixed, absolutely. But it's something to consider along the way. So mostly aesthetic choices are the first and foremost conversation pieces that we, that we have in order to get those details and make sure everything's clear as mud (laughs) moving forward. (laughs) Perfect. And then we just start breaking stuff. We just start breaking stuff, yeah. And done. And then you have a bathroom. Fade to black. To your point, what you had sort of intimated to earlier, it is a constant communication process. I like to update clients every couple of days at least based on conversations that I have with our site crew. They have any questions, I very much encourage them to call me or email me just so that everybody's on track, same headspace, going for their sort of aiming for the same goal, and that everybody involved is having as good of an experience as possible. And I find that open, clear, and transparent communication allows for that. Is there anything in the process that you would tell somebody to emphasize, to reinforce, to add in that we have not covered to this point? I think that being a, and we, we come across all facets, but I think that being a, as best you can, being a prepared individual for the renovation, having made those aesthetic decisions earlier on rather than later down the road, based on experience, that the, the, the process itself would just be that much smoother if these things had been decided immediately. And so all of that knowledge was already in our databanks, so to speak. 
not always possible, understandably, and then the issue, potential issue of change orders, depending on on what we find as we're working through things we can't account for because we're not going to be demolishing your home in order to provide you with a quote, but things that may pop up and, and just being aware that that is, a, in fact, a possibility during the renovation. All right, Charlotte. Thank you very much for that today. You are most welcome. I'm looking forward to our next episode. We'll talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye.